You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman, and I'm here with my co-host, McQuaid Arnold. McQuaid, how are you doing? I am doing outstanding after a much-needed win in Week 2 and taking down those pesky bears. Yeah, yeah. We, we finally have a victory episode for the regular season. I love it. Yes, for first ever. Um, definitely feels good. Always feels good to beat the Bears, and the Packers did it in a fairly convincing fashion, at least according to the final score, twenty-seven to ten. Um, Green Bay they they scored most of their points in the first half. They twenty-four, and then they had three in the last half. There's some offensive miscues, some defensive struggles for part of the game that kind of stalled the stalled the team as a whole. But they were able to push through that and get it get a fairly convincing win. Um, just kind of looking at the the game as a whole, what what sticks out to you when, as you kind of think back over it? You know, they, you know, Matt Lafleur. We kind of talked about last week, and then just in general, Matt Lafleur may have gotten some criticism as not being able to adjust to in game scenarios very well. Right. However, he is one of the best week to week adjusters in the NFL, and he's shown that. I don't think he's lost two games in a row yet in the regular season as a Green Bay Packers head coach. And this week was exactly why you saw last week, they struggled to run the ball. They didn't get, they didn't get the ball to their best playmakers. And what'd you see tonight? I think they had 10 touches total between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the first quarter uh, or the first few drives. Even um, he adjusted to the game plan. He exploited what green Bay is going to have to rely on all year long, which is their run game and just their, their running backs being their best weapons on offense, and that stuck out to me major time. Yeah, the, the running game was obviously a focus for their game plan this week. Um, Aaron Jones, 15 carries for 132 yards, 8.8-yard average, and then he had a touchdown uh, carrying the ball. Uh, technically, he had another one on a jet sweep, but that technically counted as a pass. And then A.J. Dillon had 18 carries for 61 yards, average 3.4 yards on the ground. Total of thirty-eight yard or thirty-eight attempts for two hundred three yards for an average of five point three. It was that was hands down the most dominant, the dominating theme in this game. You know, a couple of receivers had some nice games. Sammy Watkins had three receptions for ninety-three yards. Um, Aaron Jones was the second leading receiver with three uh, with three receptions and for thirty-eight yards. And then Randall Cobb had a couple key receptions, uh, three catches for thirty-seven yards in total. But it was clear the clearly the running game that was clearly the focus on offense. Yeah, I like that you brought up uh, you know some of those key catches for for Randall Cobb because while he wasn't you know maybe looked at quite often, he was looked at when Aaron Rodgers knew that he needed something or could trust someone, and you saw that you know there's I think every one of those Randall Cobb catches were in a moment in the game on third down, Aaron Rodgers rolling out of the pocket and needing somewhere to go with the ball. It was pretty obvious that he trusted him. Um, I think on the, on the opposite side of that, you, you saw all, all game long that Christian Watson had one job and one job only, and that was running uh, pre-motion snaps or pre-motion, you know. Uh, jet sweeps. Pre, yeah, pre, pre-snap pre jet sweeps, but wasn't receiving the ball, right? Romeo Dobbs, we saw get a few 
you know, screen catches that he he made something out of nothing. He he got quite a few yards up the field. I think one of them gained twenty yards even. So, um, yeah. the two rookies, their their uh, roles definitely decreased this week, and and I think that was fair to say with Al Mazard co- coming back anyways. However, with their performance last week, I think is you know pretty uh, pretty telling that they didn't get an opportunity. I I do want to see Christian Watson just be unleashed one play on a play action play and, and try and beat the defense deep. But I'm going to have to wait till next week to see that happen. Yeah. And, and there were a couple points in the game where it looked like the, they had planned up, they were drawn up a shot play and it just wasn't there. And so Rogers checked it down. And so I'll be interested to see on film, what, whether that was to Watson, you know, they, they also had one to Sammy Watkins. So it's possible that that's kind of become his role as well. Um, a couple things that stuck out to me on offense, I thought Elton Jenkins was a little rusty, but I think that's to be expected coming back after eight, nine months absence. Um, I think it was good for him to get experience in this game, especially leading up to a pretty tough matchup in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, they have a very good, very good front. Um, so he's going to be, he's going to be called upon to, to move some people and to block some good pass rushers out there. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me, I really like how the, Packers are diversifying their run game a couple times they did this on Aaron Jones first touchdown but they're essentially running uh, a pin pull outside zone scheme where essentially to multiple based on the leverage of the defensive linemen some of the offensive line is pinning down and then some of the others are pulling and on this it was actually uh, I think it was Josh Neiman coming from the other side of the formation and uh, the center Josh Myers and, and I, I really like how that allows them to use their athletic offensive linemen kind of in space to kind of get out on the edge, get the advantage, uh, get leverage on defenders. And I'm just excited to see how they how they employ stuff like that in, in the future, right? It's not just going to be the kind of – they kind of you know, got a little bit stale, I feel like, with their runs after a few years just because they were able to do so much with Devontae Adams and drawing away run defenders. They could just run kind of some of their basic inside zone stuff, counter – occasionally but they, they they really stuck to kind of what what they were sure of but i think that, that we're going to see some kind of some really interesting run schemes drawn up as the season develops i think that that you hit it right on the head i i, I always go back to the run play maybe 2019 maybe 2020 i don't remember maybe 2018 but it was in it was it was in green it was in minnesota and it was like one of the it was like nine and nine and two Packers, ten and one Vikings, or flip flop, whatever it was. And the winner kind of would solidify their their divisional, you know, clinching game. And Aaron Jones took off for a fifty plus yard touchdown in that game. And that I believe was out of a shotgun with Lyman pulling. That was Matt Lafleur, uh, I believe at the time, reaching into his bag to to it, you know, as the kids say, to uh, um, get created with their running game. We saw that a lot tonight different different offensive line formations, different uh, blocking techniques. That's something that we're going to have to see a lot of this year. But then at the same time, right, you can come back the very next play and just do a simple one-on-one, go beat your man, and then ram down their throat with A.J. Dillon, which is nothing nothing special. There's nothing um, unique about it. It's just beating the man in front of you, and that's the type of dynamic, different uh, game plan that you can have with those two running backs. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. They we saw a lot more of the two back stuff, right? The pony package and just Aaron, Aaron Jones being moved all over formation in the slot, uh, out on the edge, and bubble screens, uh, jet sweeps. Like we mentioned, that's how he scored his second touchdown. It, it really looks like you know after you know rough week one where there it felt like there was more 
the, the offense was more static. It really feels like the Packers are leaning into kind of kind of that creativity and then that that deep bag that Matt Lafleur has at his disposal. Yep, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, and so moving on, you know, the offense obviously scored twenty seven points. It was a it was a good game. They did turn it over a couple times. Now Aaron Rodgers did go back. Uh, what one the first fumble was essentially a botched handoff to AJ Dillon. And I just saw on Twitter that in an interview Rodgers clarified that was on him. And then uh, the other fumble was a uh, direct. It was a snap in the shotgun where essentially Christian Watson was running that backfield motion that you mentioned, and the ball bounced off of him. And Aaron Rodgers again in that same interview mentioned that it was a mistimed snap by Josh Myers. And so the, those things I think are just there. It's, it's just going to take time to clean them up. I'd rather have them happen now against the Bears, against an opponent that we have some 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 cushion and some a skill gap to take advantage of where we can make those mistakes and still be okay. Um, but it's going to be something to watch moving forward. The Packers don't necessarily have any easy matchup against the Buccaneers defense next week, like I mentioned. Um, though there there could be weaknesses there. Um, but yeah, the, those are things I'm going to be watching uh, for them to clean up. I think one thing to point out that, that I, I want to highlight on the defensive side of the ball was – uh, last week, right, Bears were at home against the, the San Francisco 49ers, and granted it was a a horrendous game con- weather condition-wise, and it was it was um, not a fun game to play in. But Justin Fields went 8 of 17 for 121 yards and two touchdowns in that game, and that was a bad weather game, right? Tonight was clear skies, no weather affecting the game whatsoever, and Justin Fields had a total of 70 yards passing, no touchdowns, one interception. That is a an ode to this defense. Now, I'm sure we'll get into it. The run defense, that's going to need to shore up after a few weeks, uh, especially by midway through the season. That needs to be corrected. However, yeah. the pass defense is there, and we saw it. And, and you see it when a team doesn't just have one player going off like Justin Jefferson did last week. Right, it was that's just going to happen sometimes. That one player beats you. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a formula that can allow you to win consistently, but I think that's something that can allow you to win games here and there. And that's what we saw last week. But this week, we didn't have they didn't have a single player take over the game, and we saw this defense absolutely do its thing all night long. And to have Justin Fields pass for less yards than he literally almost half of the yards he had than he did last week in a in a monsoon type of game. Uh, is is insane to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, before we get into the defense, uh, dive further into that. Just want to take a quick break uh, for some uh, re- ads from our sponsors. So we will be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so diving into the defense a little bit, you, you touch on a great point that the pass defense was lights out this game. I want to I read a tweet I just saw from Zach Heelprin, uh, who's you know, had some radio stuff uh, written on the Packers, Wisconsin Badgers, some, some of those sports teams. But um, he, he tweeted that Chicago's 48 yards passing is the fewest the Packers have given up since Minnesota had 27 in 2006, which that was Tarveris Jackson. Um, to, for one of the other notable things I noticed was uh, the, their longest reception was a 30-yard reception from Equinemius St. Brown. That came on a, on a snap where essentially it was a um, flea flicker where Jair Alexander lost him in coverage and he was able to run catch and run for 30 yards. That is not going to happen every week. So if you take out that kind of fluky play, I mean, they allowed essentially 18 yards passing and – We'll get into the run defense, but that is fantastic, especially in a league that's really grown to emphasize the passing game. Especially for you know, going into a week where Chicago, Chicago Bears fans, who I get it, they're, they're Bears fans, obviously, but also national media have been talking up Justin Fields a lot. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm not going to lie. I was a fan of Justin Fields coming out of college. I was upset that he that he went to the Bears. I'm a Big Ten guy, Big Ten supporter, came from Ohio State, thought that he may be successful, and he may still be. However, he has not. He's looked very, very, very subpar against yeah. the Packers every time he's played. And um, I think you know Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas and, and Eric Suggs have a lot to do with that. Yeah, and it's great to see. Obviously, after they they let up a big day receiving into Justin Jefferson, um, I do want to clarify that that forty eight yards passing that's net. So he had three sacks for twenty two yards. He technically had seven yards passing, um, but. Just want to clarify that for listeners. Um, uh, you mentioned Jair Alexander. He had the one interception. Uh, the Packers also had three sacks, two from Preston Smith and one from Rashawn Gary. I thought the the defensive line, I thought it looked really good for the most part. Even in even in run defense, I don't think the defensive line was at fault. I thought they reset the line of scrimmage really well. They were getting pressure on the quarterback from multiple sources. Um, I felt like the the issues in run defense were just a, a whole bevy of, of, of random issues, like guys running into each other, guys missing tackles. There were a couple. There were, I, I mean, we we had some favorable calls from the refs, so I'm not going to complain about the the refing performance as a whole. But there were a couple snaps where I thought that some defenders got held um, a, a little bit. It, it was it was borderline, but it, it just felt. I I don't think that the run defense issues, which to kind of recap those, the Packers um, allowed 27 uh, attempts for 180 yards. So that's an average of 6.7. They allowed 15 care. They allowed 122 yards on 15 carries for David Montgomery alone, which is an average of 8.1 yards per carry. So not great, but I think this is something the Packers can get fixed. Yeah, I think that, and and we like you mentioned. Uh... 
Devondre Campbell, he he was missing a few tackles. Yeah. That's not something he did much last year. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm just going to chalk that up to to beginning of the season because yeah. Devondre Campbell, all pro, has earned the, the benefit of the doubt, at least for a few weeks. Um, so I think that, that that is something that gets squared away. I think that Kenny Clark and Jaron Reed, um, you know, really end up do showing up that the middle of that field. Um mm-hmm. You know, maybe we see Devontae Wyatt. Dean Lowry did his thing tonight, just like he always does. He just didn't – just seemed like he didn't lose battle. He didn't blow up the offensive line, go into the backfield. You know, so he wasn't pushed around. He just kind of held there at the line of scrimmage, which is neither good nor bad. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at his contract situation, maybe it kind of leans to bad because you don't be paying that much for a yeah. person who's just doing that. But either way, right, this defensive line is showing that they can be dominant at times. However, right, that man, that 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 tackling, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. got that's got to get better. Uh, that run defense, you know, is going back to what was it, Dom Capers, I believe it was, who said he he blatantly just punted on the run game, run defense. He was like, hey, you get beat a lot faster through the air than you do on the ground. Well, I mean, I think this year Green Bay is going to show that hey, you can still win running the ball a lot. So I think that yeah. our defense needs to learn from that too. Yeah, and I think it is worth noting that. The three, two of the three, like second level guys, right? You have Rasul Douglas and Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. You're, those are going to kind of be your your main guys behind the defensive line on most downs. You know, they're going to play be playing nickel a lot. Two of those three guys have never played at those positions at the NFL level, right? Rasul has only played outside in his career so far. Quay is, you know, he's a rookie. He's still adjusting, and he's looked really impressive at times, but I think at times he's also made mistakes. And so it may take a little bit, right? The 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 thing with run fits is you have to work as a unit. And so it's going to take a little bit for these guys, especially, you know, young guys like Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, and then new additions like Jaron Reed and Rasul. Well, Rasul isn't really a new addition, but he's a new addition to that spot. It's going to take a little bit for them to work as a unit, like, you know, where, where they – it's going to take a while, a little bit for them to recognize, you know, where their help's going to be, what angles they can take or need to take, and and just how they can approach the ball carrier. And so, I think that this, like I said, I think this is an issue that can get fixed. Like I said, the defensive line looked good; they were taking taking up blocks, resetting up, resetting the line of scrimmage, and just kind of giving some lanes for those uh, cleanup tacklers to run through. They, those tacklers just need to do a better job. I, I think that I, I agree with you in the sense that, that it's, it's something that can get short up, but it, there's going to be no easy tasks when it comes to this. Next week, we, we go to Tampa Bay, who, first of all, Green Bay doesn't have very much success in, in uh, um, playing in Tampa Bay in the first place. But at the same time, they've got a, a great play caller down there in, in Tom Brady, a good offensive line. Um, and then to, to caveat off of that, they've got a, a defense that can defend the run pretty well, which is exactly what Green Bay is going to try and do the rest of the season, obviously. Um, so it's going to be tested. And, and, and if Green Bay is going to win that way by stopping the run and solidify their defense, they're going to have to do it against some of the best running teams in the league. And I think the Buccaneers definitely yeah. qualify that, at least as of early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. The Buccaneers with Tom Brady have been pretty – pretty defined by a, a fairly dominant downhill running game. And so that it'll be a good test for the Packers defensive line and, and second and third level run fitters uh, yeah. for, for next week. Um, looking back at this game, you know, we kind of covered some of the main points. Were there any other things or topics you wanted to touch on that stood out to you? 
one of the, I mean, Aaron Jones, if there's a way to keep him on the roster after this season, we got to do it. <laughs> he is, he is a, a, a monster out there. And his, and the reason why I say that is his cap at next year is supposed to be $20 million, which you're not going to yeah. pay back. And there's little to no way from what I've read to, to, um, restructure that it's very very interesting contract situation so keep aaron jones and green bay at all costs but don't pay him 20 million dollars so maybe not at all costs but pay him <laughs> pay him uh, a, a hefty amount and then the pass rush Rashawn gary president smith had a banner of a yeah. game i love seeing them work together uh Rashawn gary showed multiple times that he is he really is a absolute stud on this team and president smith had very very smart plays i think he held yeah. his Held his his side of the line. He he made plays when he had to. He defended he he defended the run well at times. Preston Smith did. Um, so I think that the, those two kind of showed that that this pass rush shouldn't take any 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 fall off from you know the twenty twenty season when Zadarius Smith was playing all year long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I love Aaron Jones, so I'd be ecstatic if they could keep him after year. You hope that the way they're probably going to use him for a lot of this year you know more as a receiver than as a, a straight down in between the tackles running back yep. will hopefully take some of the wear and tear off him you know it also helps that his first year Mike McCarthy basically gave him 10 carries a game <laughs> even yep. though it's you know infuriating at the time and probably shouldn't have been the case uh, that that will also help his longevity longevity a little bit um yeah, I, I kind of feel like we've covered most of the things uh, that that are that stood out. Um, like you said, the the pressure was really nice. Rashawn, Preston, they both had some really nice moments collapsing the pocket. I thought Kenny Clark, even though he didn't get a sack, he was disruptive again in the passing game. And even Jaron Reed had a couple uh, pressures. So that's great to see. Great to see them gelling a little bit more. And I'm I'm looking forward to what this defensive line can be. I even though it's been a little bit of a rough start for the defense, a little bit up and down, I still think that it can be a very good unit. Yep, I, 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 there's no way you can give up on this defense this early, and I think that there's a lot that, that will be improved on throughout, throughout the year. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I want to thank all of you listeners out there for tuning in for another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. And you can join us again next week for more talk on the Packers.